Preseason is officially underway for every MLS team this week. There have been some big acquisitions, some interesting trades, and in Atlanta, an upcoming contract situation for the team's star player. Felipe Cardenas is here with the latest on Joseph Martinez's contract negotiations, why he's asking for a new one, and why the Atlanta United front office might want to be pragmatic. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Wednesday, January 19th. First, your TV guide for today, as always, all times are Eastern. Group D wraps up in the Africa Cup of Nations today. Both games are at 2 p.m. Egypt versus Sudan is on BN Sports Extra, and Nigeria versus Guinea-Bissau is on BN Sports. Every team in this group is still alive for an automatic spot in the last 16. Nigeria can guarantee it with a draw. Egypt can secure it with a win for sure. After that, the scenarios are numerous and complicated, but... Both games will be worth watching. We have some action in the big five leagues as well in Europe. In the Premier League, Leicester City hosts Tottenham at 2.30 p.m. on USA Network. Then at 3 p.m. on Peacock, Brentford hosts Manchester United. In La Liga, Sevilla travels to Valencia at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Sevilla will be hoping to put some pressure on Real Madrid, which are currently five points up in the title race with a game in hand. In Ligue 1, Clermont hosts Strasbourg at 1 p.m. on Fanatis and for BN subscribers. Now, why am I highlighting this game? You should listen to Monday's show with John Muller to find out. Let's just say that it could be tactically interesting, according to some recent work of his. Just check out that episode. He explains it much better than I could. Uh, In addition to those league games, there's also plenty of cup action in all the big European countries. In Germany, we're finishing up a round of 16 in the DFB Pokal. All of these games are on ESPN Plus at 12.30 and at 2.45 p.m. But the pick of the bunch, in my opinion, is at 2.45 p.m., the Berlin Derby between Union Berlin and Hertha Berlin. Uh, Jasmine Baba has a great piece in The Athletic this week about how Union Berlin's use of fullbacks has led to their successful season so far. They're punching well above their weight in terms of spending in the Bundesliga. It's a great piece that kind of explains why that's been happening, and that is linked in the show notes in the description uh, wherever you're listening. In Spain, there's one Copa del Rey game. We're in the last 16 there as well. Today, Real Sociedad hosts Atletico Madrid at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. And in Italy, two Copa Italia games. That competition is also in the last 16. The one of those two to watch, in my opinion, is Inter Milan versus Empoli. That's at 3 p.m. on Paramount+. And last in terms of kickoff time, but certainly not last in terms of importance. In Mexico tonight, we have a rematch of the Apertura final, Atlas versus Leon. That's at 10 p.m. on Tudeane. Phew, a lot of games today. Let's go to Felipe. Felipe Cardenas joining me here from Atlanta. Uh, Felipe, MLS preseason is officially underway as of today, which is Tuesday the 18th or 17th or whatever day it is. I don't know. I just host a daily podcast. I don't know what day it is. It's unimportant. Um Anyway, preseason is underway. Atlanta is back. I know you were at training today for Atlanta United, and they are facing a very interesting contract situation with perhaps their most uh, significant player, their their biggest star player for pretty much their entire time in MLS, Joseph Martinez. You spoke to Joseph Martinez about sort of the state of his contract and his desire to stay in Atlanta. So... Real quick, just tell me sort of what what sort of his viewpoint on the situation is and sum up sort of where he stands in Atlanta right now as we get the 2022 season underway. 
Well, you know, Joseph Martinez, uh, you know, he didn't say anything out of the ordinary other than a very classic Joseph quote and saying that he wanted to die in Atlanta. But <laughs> very me, Joseph was, quote, yes. <laughs> right? There's always one of those in every interview with Joseph. But yeah. I mean, to me, it was very, uh, a bit of a classic pitch, really, of a very a highly successful professional athlete uh, that perhaps believes he needs, he should be paid more. Um, and a minor detail is that he's no longer the highest paid player in Atlanta United's locker room. That's Luis Araujo, the Brazilian that came in last last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think if I'm Joseph Martinez, like I'm immediately thinking like that should be me. So that, that's where perhaps where he started. Uh, but, you know, he has given so much to the to the to the club, to the league, you know, over 100 goals now, uh, MLS champion, MLS Cup MVP, MLS MVP, uh, you know, countless awards. Uh, c- continues to be the driving force behind this team. You know, Bragg was mentioned it today. Like we know what he brings when he's on the field, not just goals, but everyone wants to follow this guy. So, you know, he sees his future here, uh, and I think he just wants to be compensated for the player that he believes he has been and who he believes he can still be. He still believes he's at that Carlos Vela level who is among the highest paid players in the league. So when you think of Atlanta United, you definitely think of Joseph Martinez. You think of all of his great performances, all the big goals that he scored, uh, you know, the record goal scoring season that he had, which has since been uh, eclipsed um, and everything that he's done. However, there are some pretty significant reasons Atlanta United's front office is in a little bit of a difficult situation here. He's not quite the automatic thing that you would like him to be. There are some reasons to be pragmatic and a little bit hesitant to give him a huge big money contract beyond the fact that MLS roster rules are crazy and you're sort of uh, contracting yourself into a corner there. But what are sort of the things that you think uh, Carlos Bogenegger, Darren Eels, the people in Atlanta United front office are, are looking at when they consider whether or not to extend Joseph Martinez? Well, first of all, both Darren Eels, the president of Atlanta United, and their sporting director, Carlos Pocanegra, they've been very public and vocal in their support of Joseph. Like they've both in the last few months since the end of last season and very recently uh, have said that you know, he's he's the guy. He's the he's the striker of this team. He's a very important part of the club. Uh, they know what he can still give. They know what he provides. Uh, there's never been really publicly any hint of Atlanta United wanting to move on from Joseph Martinez. In fact, they haven't even been able to to sign a backup striker, uh, anyone that can really even challenge him. And when he was injured, they had a problem because no one could play. It forced him to come back a bit early. I think we all know now he played on one knee and he still scored 12 goals. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, there was a rumor, uh, actually a, not even a rumor, just a report that I later confirmed, you know, over the summer, last summer, Atlanta were interested in Ronnie, a, a Brazilian forward who plays for Palmeiras. Um, that would have been a big signing. I mean, that was, uh, the report was a $15 million offer. You know, that that's someone that you're bringing in to, I think, play beyond Joseph, beyond the Joseph Martinez years. So right. uh, perhaps that was them thinking we need to go that route, but they see Joseph as someone who they currently have on a long-term contract through 2023. Joseph is actually looking for a long-term contract. So that's where the disconnect is. But I do know that it's it's amicable. That both parties get along very well. So there should be a resolution. I don't know when it'll be, but I think there'll be something that they, they come to terms with. 
Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Felipe, when I think about this situation, I'm struck by one thing in particular, which is that so much of the value proposition of Major League Soccer to uh, players from South America that come over at the time when they're, you know, 22, 23, 24 is come to MLS, show off your stuff. If you do really, really well for a season, two seasons, three seasons, we'll sell you onto Europe. We're the perfect stepping stone league, uh, a selling league, as they as they so often like to say. And we've seen that play out with a bunch of other players. We saw it play out in Atlanta with Miguel Almiron, of course. Um, Joseph Martinez, you know, I think, do you think that him potentially staying in Atlanta could mean anything more broad for MLS as a whole? Sort of showing that there is, yes, you can come to MLS and do really well and go to Europe. Or you can come to MLS and do really well and we'll continue to pay you what you think that you're worth for the rest of your career and into your prime and everything. Do you think that this is replicable in, in, in other cities with other players? I think so. You know, I, I think it just as MLS wants to, even though Don Garber has since um, tried to step away from the selling league quote that he gave us in 2018. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how people view MLS. Like you talk to anyone outside of MLS and they see it that way. Uh, but just as important as, as it is to develop young players, get them here, you know, convince them that this is a good platform for them. You know, I think it's very important to, keep players in MLS, the players that have delivered, the players that are marketable, the players that are important to a team, a club, a city, and a fan base, instead of constantly trying to look to, let's let's move them on, let's get a big sale, let's find the next guy. And so, yeah, Joseph Martinez, I think, represents uh, an ideal case. You know, he came after he came to Atlanta after playing in Europe, and it didn't go so great for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so perhaps he has that in his rearview mirror already. He was as hungry to go to Europe, but uh, I think he does represent a an alternative path for 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 players that are that can play across the world and, and perhaps other leagues in the world. But they here in MLS, they you can come here and be a star. And when I talk to players that ha- are have been in and out of MLS. Uh, a lot of them tell me when they refer to, to their counterparts in South America or their old ex-teammates in South America that are in that 25 to 29 range, mm-hmm. you know, several former players have told me like, these guys want to come to MLS. So they see the, the lifestyle, they see the, the market, and I think it's attractive. Do they see themselves staying here as a career? I think that's now, I think we'll have to see how many players actually see this future as like, I'm going to come to MLS and establish myself. But Joseph could be someone that opens the door to do that. It should also be noted that Joseph Martinez has a place in Atlanta sports culture that I think is probably unmatched by any other MLS player in their respective market. Like you mentioned it in your story that you, when you spoke to Martinez for this, he's right up there with people that play for the Braves and Trey Young with the Hawks and, and all these other people. And I don't, there probably aren't too many other players in, in MLS that even come close to that level of maybe not, you know, Velo, you can say in LA, but he's famous sort of on his own merits. 
Right. Joseph feels like a like a particularly Atlanta athlete in a way that other strikers just aren't or other players in MLS <laughs> just aren't. I agree. I mean, he's a brand by himself, you know, and yeah. he's a pop culture brand in the city of Atlanta. I think maybe Chris Wondolowski is the only player that I think of yeah. like, you know, he he's that sort of icon in his city. He is now legendary in the league. But, uh, you know, him and Joseph are totally different personas right like uh, <laughs> just a little bit yeah <laughs> right uh, but he's another example of someone that like you can you can be here and like landon donovan too yeah. like landon donovan is someone who made his career in mls so there are examples i think it will be interesting to see if, if other clubs market themselves that way to their players well felipe i know you'll be following every angle of this story from the player marketing to the contract itself to atlanta united and everything in between I look forward to having more talks with you about that throughout the 2022 season. But for now, I'll talk to you later. All right, Alex. See you. Elsewhere in soccer news, Sam Stasekel at The Athletic is reporting that Leeds United have had a $20 million bid for Brendan Aronson rejected by his current club, Red Bull Salzburg. That would be an interesting move for the U.S. international if it goes through. It sounds like Leeds United is intent on buying him. The show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.